This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. All right, Billy Cunningham, the great American. In about an hour or so, Kevin Jackson will be here from the Black Sphere to talk about the assaults on freedoms in many college campuses. Also later on is Gabriel Nagalis, former Antifa member. Of course, this is the beginning of March Madness. Watching basketball last night, Mo, it was very exciting. So many issues going on, so little time. And number one, I think the big story in Cincinnati is always the Bengals, Bengals, and Bengals. Before we talk about March Madness, before we talk about UC possibly winning the NIT, <laughs> as Xavier did last year, their second national championship. <laughs> I think it was 1956 or something like that. With Billy, Remember Billy Kerwin and Jack Toby back in the good old days? Was it not 58? Was it 56? I'm not sure. It was in the 50s somewhere. <clears throat> but nonetheless, Xavier marched to two national titles, which ties UC. Oh. 61-62. Sure. Before we talk about that, mm-hmm. I thought that uh, the Bengals running back position, after Joe Mixon's difficulties, were going to be uh, something uh, in flux. Mm-hmm. I thought the safety positions were in pretty good shape. Now I find out we have no safeties <laughs> and maybe no running backs. Where are the Bengals? Well, I, I think as it relates to the safety spot, they are where they've been in terms of how they negotiate contracts. And this is something they've been lauded for. Von Bell sought and got his third NFL contract, right? Played his rookie deal, got a second contract with the Bengals, and was terrific here, right? There's Pretty no good. there's no denying that. Uh, he wanted a multi-year deal that's going to take him past his age 30 season. The Bengals want to stay young. They want to stay healthy. And so what they're going to do is look for the 2023 version of Von Bell that they got in 2020. Von's going to be 29 by the end of the season. I I would be willing to bet that if Von came to them and said, I'll sign a one-year contract, the Bengals would go, awesome, great. But understandably so, he didn't want a multi-year deal. It's not unlike the situation last year with C.J. Uzama. C.J. Uzama wanted his third contract, got three years, 24 mil from the Jets. Bengals said, we're not going to do that. We're not that interested in aging players. What did they do? They found a younger, cheaper, and frankly, better Better. replacement in Hayden Hurst. They're going to try to do the same thing with uh, Von Bell. And while they do that, they've kept a pretty good linebacker in Jermaine Pratt. I think at the running back spot, um, what looms over all of this is the, the likelihood that Joe Mixon is at the very least told, we'll bring you back, but not at $12 million. Now, Joe Mixon might tell them to pound sand. In the history of this franchise, there literally hasn't been a player who has said, yeah, I'll renegotiate and come back at a lower salary. Um, Or they may just cut him. And I don't think any of that has anything to do with any off-field issues. It's production. It's positional value. It's also the fact that there's a lot of running backs available in free agency. And it's a good draft class at running back. With Samaj P. Ryan, I think they would have loved to have had him back. Uh, two years, seven and a half million dollars for a backup running back strikes me as hefty. Uh, and both players look at the production. The Bengals last season had seven runs of over 15 yards. I saw that on Twitter from a, a user by the name of David Simone. Seven carries of over 15 yards. That production from both is replaceable. And if you could do it in a cheaper way when now every dollar is going to matter moving forward with Joe Burrow in a new contract, I think you do it. Joe Burrow is hanging out there. And uh, at 4 o'clock today is one of those tell, 
sign telltale signs about Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. I would love Lamar Jackson to go play for Carolina. I'd love Lamar Jackson to go play for maybe Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Something. Get him get him the hell out of the FC North. And it uh I have a little bit of a different approach to that. What, what, what do you say? So let's say Lamar Jackson goes to Carolina. Panthers have to get the Bengals or give the uh, Ravens two first round picks. With Lamar Jackson under a rookie contract, they haven't been able to build a good offense around him. So I would love to see the Baltimore Ravens pay him a ton of money and then go to work trying to figure out how to build an offense around him. When he wasn't making a lot of money, they couldn't do it. What's to lead you to believe that they could do it with him making so much more money? When he is spectacular, the he opposite, is spectacular. He also hasn't finished either of the last two seasons. His durability is a fair... It, you are being fair if you wonder about Lamar Jackson's reliability because his lack of because of his lack of durability. Now, if you lose Lamar, you get two first round picks. I don't want to give a well run organization two more first round picks and a chance to replace Lamar with a quarterback so under a Lamar rookie contract. To, you want Lamar to stay in Baltimore? I want Lamar Jackson to stay in Baltimore because I don't think they can build a team around him. They haven't been able to do it with him under a rookie contract. What's to lead me to think that they're going to be able to do that with him making thirty million dollars? Joe Burrow. What's the latest? I think Joe Burrow's rookie or his second contract is going to be announced within the next couple of weeks. And it's going to be $500 million with like $200 million guaranteed? When he signs that deal, he will be the highest paid player in the history of the NFL. Now, he might own that title for about five minutes. Maybe the history of sports. But he might, when he signs that contract, I believe he will, at that moment, be the highest paid player in the history of the league. Now... The next quarterback who signs is probably going to sign for more. The interesting guy that I think doesn't get talked about enough is Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is regarded as having tremendous physical gifts. Um, Justin Herbert in the postseason hasn't won a game. Joe Burrow has won five. Uh, Joe Burrow has won more. He, he was a but former LA, number one overall LA pick. Money, too. It's LA money versus Cincinnati money, but so... If you're Joe, do you wait for Justin to sign? If you're Justin, do you wait for Joe to sign? But I'm led to believe that the Burrow deal is going to be announced really reasonably soon. When you say led to believe, mm-hmm. sometime today or tomorrow, it appears, according to a good source of mine, that the Joe Mixon situation is going to come to a head. Mm-hmm. And I'm led to believe that he will not be charged, but it will be a so-called witness uh, for the <laughs> events that took place with the gunshots. Yeah, How much will that play into releasing, keeping, whatever Joe Mixon. doesn't help. It, it doesn't help the cause for keeping him, right? Because you've had, since the end of the season, two just weird off-field incidents. Uh, but the reality is this. Joe Mixon's attempts per game average this past season was the lowest since his rookie year. They don't rely on him as much. We watched Joe Mixon this season. What did you often see? He wasn't on the field on third down. He wasn't as good of a pass protector as Pirine. Uh, he he's he's an effective player and an efficient player. But again, the, the dollar amount goes into this. When 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 the Bengals re-signed Joe Mixon, they had to pay somebody. They didn't have any good players. Well, now they're leaking good players. Can't keep Von Bell. Can't keep Jesse Bates. So running back, which is regarded as the most easily. The, the easiest to replace position in the sport. I've got a guy who's not that productive who's going to be making 12 million bucks next year. Uh, that doesn't lend me to wanting, lend me to, to, to want to keep him here. Now you add to it an off field situation and then another off field situation for a guy and, whose pro career started with conversations about an off field situation at Oklahoma. 
Uh, I don't think those things help, but but I think the decision to move on from Joe Mixon, which I think they will make that decision, I think that has more to do with positional value, what he's due to make, what we know about running backs, lack of production, and cheaper alternatives. Who's the person at the Bengals now with the pen to sign the checks? Is it Mike? Is it Katie? Is it the lovely Elizabeth? I think, Who's doing I it? I think Katie is signing the checks. I think Duke Tobin is determining what those checks are going to go for and who's going to be getting them. I mean, Duke Tobin runs the football operations. He doesn't have uh, the title of general manager, but I mean, he is he's in charge of the roster, and he's done a great job. He's done a great job with the roster, and the methods that they have used, the philosophies that they have employed to build the roster have remained the same this offseason. The Von Bell thing, again, is as jarring as it is because that guy was really good. I mean, think of the New England game this year. They don't win that if Von Bell doesn't make a play. Think of the playoffs last year. The, the tag team interception of Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game, Von Bell and, and Jesse Bates. You hate to have to replace your two starting safeties. But they have a philosophy. And, and you know, go back five years ago when they were bringing the band back together, right? Geno Atkins got a third contract. How did it work out? Not good. No. Carlos Dunlap got a third contract. How did it work out? Not good. They want to stay young. They want to keep players who are in their primes, which means they're going to have to make tough decisions about guys who are getting older. And again, Von Bell is not yet 29 years old, but if he wants a three- or four-year deal, the Bengals are probably not the team that's going to give him that. All right, now let's talk about March Madness. Mm -hmm. I watched the, the games last night in Dayton. Exciting finishes mm -hmm. up and down. and But I have a sense, just take it from 30,000 feet. I don't sense near the excitement in the Queen City now as happened a few years back. I think Victory Parkway has been a remarkable change. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a little bit there. In fact, uh, Clark Kellogg picked Xavier to be in the Final Four, mm -hmm. which uh, would be unbelievable, mm -hmm. but certainly possible. Teams make runs. So I haven't seen your... Uh, your picks on March Madness. I would relate to the American people, Mo, that last year I beat you. <laughs> yes, you did. So that's a little shocking. In fact, uh, there are many here that have little or no knowledge. Mm -hmm. Sarah beat you mm -hmm. last year. Yeah. And she uh, is not as knowledgeable about college hoops as you are. Is that fair to say? Uh, no, I think she's as knowledgeable. If she, you go by how I did in the office pool last she, year. She kicked your ass. She did. So did everybody else. So did everybody. In fact, you finished last out of like 50. I had, I had two brackets. I had a fade everybody else bracket, and I had a bracket that was reflective of who I thought was going to win the games. You're the fade everybody else bracket came in last. These are excuses. I had two. Yes, excuses. Yeah, sure. You're offering excuses. Yeah. Uh, why should long-suffering UC slash Xavier slash NKU slash UK slash Ohio State slash Dayton care about the tournaments this year? If you love basketball, uh, you love March Madness. Pretty good now, stuff. I think college basketball, to a degree, in terms of fandom, has become a little bit like baseball. Baseball fans watch their team, but they're probably not watching. If you're a Reds fan, you're not watching uh, Rangers Royals on a Sunday afternoon. You're not tuning in to, I don't know, Blue Jays, uh, Tampa Oriole, Bay Rays. Orioles. Right. You're watching your team. I think college basketball has kind of become that way. If you're a Bearcat fan, you're watching the Bearcats. Bearcats weren't great this year. Didn't make the tournament. If you're a Xavier fan, you're watching Z I know a lot of UC fans who, if you talk about Xavier's players, aside from maybe having watched them in the shootout, they just they don't watch the team. And I think in that regard, college basketball has become a lot less national. Uh, but the sport, the, the season this year was thoroughly entertaining. I guess to a large degree, you've seen some of the larger personalities who are starting to exit the sport. There's no more Coach K. 
There's no more Roy Williams. Jim Bayheim just retired. It, it hasn't been a great last couple of years for Blue Bloods. You know, Carolina's not in it. Duke's in it. Uh, but I think a little bit more anonymously than they have been in the past. Kentucky's team is okay. But from the standpoint of somebody who loves the sport, I found college basketball this year to be thoroughly entertaining. And I think the tournament's going to be great. And locally, Xavier's in it with a very good team. NKU is in it for the fourth time in seven years as the Horizon League champs. I guess third time in seven years because they didn't go in 2020 because of COVID. And the Kentucky Wildcats, I think, might be the most interesting team in the tournament. Because they could lose to Providence by 15 points. Friars could take them down, but... They could also win two games this weekend and go into the Sweet 16 with a head of steam and a very talented team. That's got to get healthier. And now it looks to me, reading some of these stories about Nil and UC, it looks Mm -hmm. like UC and my brother John Cunningham is passing the hat to UC's faithful saying, hey, we need more Nil money to hand out to athletes. Sure. Every school in the country is doing that. How much are UC... Basketball players getting, do you know? Well, every player is getting different amounts of money. Uh, right before I came in here, I saw a David Julius social media ad for a local bank. That's the sort of thing that didn't exist three, four years ago. It wasn't the Silicon Valley Bank. Fortunately for David, no. Okay. It was a, a local bank with a, a pretty strong reputation. If I was being paid to mention them, I would. Um NIL is reality right now, and it's unregulated. You got to get money. You got to get money. I mean, it's, call it what Xavier, it is. Call it what it is. It's pay for play. Uh, the Xavier players, I was told, each get about five thousand dollars a month. Well, so there is a school not in the area in which every player has gotten twenty k and a car, and legally, legally, it's not it's not illegal, not nefarious stuff. Legally, so every player at this one school, twenty k and a car. But the players can go out on their own and still strike their own deals. It's just like us here. You can go out and, and, and sign your own deal. So that is happening. Unbelievable. And now if you're a coach, you've got to not only recruit players who you want to bring into your program, but on an annual basis, re-recruit the players who are in your program Every now. Every year. So, you know, if you're, if you're a player at UC or Xavier and you have a great year, right? And maybe you were off of Kentucky's radar or off of Kansas's radar. And you have a great year. Now with the transfer portal and NIL, the other program can say, well, what are you getting at UC or Xavier? Think about that. 10K? Well, we can pay you you $75,000. What are you getting? And it is unregulated right now. It is. It's totally unregulated right now. $50,000 signing bonus. Yeah. And so what I think is going to be interesting over time are two things. Number one. How many coaches get a player who's getting a lot of NIL money and it turns out they're not that good or they don't understand the system uh, or th- there's just a better player at his position and now the kid's not playing. But the person who's funding his NIL deal is like, bro, I, I'm i paying 50K for this guy to be here. Play him. Puts the coach in a really tough position. So you have that. Also, long term, our are the people who are investing in NIL going to be getting the return on investment from the player they're investing in? I wow. think it's a fair question. Just a few years ago, a quarterback for Ohio State uh, needed some tattoos, and he sold something. Was it a, a jacket or something? Terrell Pryor, yeah. Signed something, and like he was banished. 2009, Willie, UC football gets off to a great start. Tony Pike is the quarterback. I, uh, I sell Pike for Heisman t-shirts. Now, the first thing that happened is I got a cease and desist letter from the Heisman Trophy Trust. Cease and desist. The second thing I got was a phone call from compliance at UC going, look, you're going to make Tony ineligible. 
Well, I didn't want that to happen. So a t-shirt. I, I stopped selling the shirts. T-shirt. And it was, I'm like, well, what if, what if Tony and I sell them? Like, no, Tony oh. can't make any money off t-shirts. The name, his name on a t-shirt. Zero. A decade and a half later, Tony and I have talked about this. We could have gone into business together. Now, we couldn't have sold Pike for Heisman because you couldn't use Heisman, but we could have come up with Tony Pike t-shirts. Uh, CincyShirts.com, a local company that I, I, I know really well, they've, they've uh, partnered with a lot of area college athletes. You couldn't do this five years ago, and now you can. You have athletes representing car companies. There's a local car commercial that features a Xavier player and a UC player right. in the same spot. Getting paid. Getting paid. Big now, bucks. I think it's awesome. I think it's great. Yes. I think everybody yes. in, a, in, a, yes. in a capitalist country, everybody should get what somebody else thinks they're worth. Adults. I'm, I'm here for that. They're adults. But competitively, mm. it further, we talk about inequities in Major League Baseball. College oh. sports has larger inequities. This widens the gap. Mo, uh, we have to run. We have 30 seconds remaining. I'm going to write this down. I'm going to keep it for, give me the final four. Uh, I like Houston. Although the NKU game is interesting because Houston is one of the slowest paced teams in college basketball, right? You got so, an NKU beating Houston? No, I don't. But, but typically, as you know, if you're the lower seeded team, you have to slow down the game. Houston is going to do that for NKU, and they could be without Marcus Sasser. I still think Houston's going to win. I don't know if Sasser plays this weekend. I will assume he will still play in this tournament. I have them going to the Final Four. I like UConn's team. Um, Danny Hurley is a Bengals fan, the head coach of the UConn Huskies. Um, for a stretch, I thought they were the best team that I watched all season long. They obviously didn't win the big East. Uh, but I like UConn coming out of the West. Give me, give me the next two in, in the East. I'm taking Duke like how they're playing. I actually really like John Shire. Uh, there's really not a definitive, glaring, huge, open, sore weakness on that team. What about Xavier? I'm also really not buying Purdue. I think Xavier's going to go to the Sweet 16. I think they take care of Kennesaw State. Who's uh, the final four? We got Houston, UConn, Duke. Alabama. Roll Tide. A- Alabama has the best player in the country and Brandon Miller. Obviously, there's a lot of controversy surrounding him. Uh, he they, seems to be innocent. Why don't we quit smearing people when they're found innocent? Well, every time somebody says he should be suspended, I go, suspended well, what, for what? what, what for he, cooperating yeah. with authorities? Yeah, it's, it's same thing with Trevor Bauer. What? Fully investigated. Right. Clean bill of health. He's got to play in Japan. Every time I, well, he shouldn't play. Why? What? Tell me what legally he did wrong. What team rule did he break? What school rule did he break? There's no answer to that. I think Xavier goes to the Sweet 16. I think Xavier, Texas, play in the Elite Eight. Or in the in the Sweet Sixteen, if those two teams Texas. play, that is going to be one of the best games of this tournament. Lastly, can you see do what Xavier did and win the National Invitation Tournament? Yeah. All right, let's continue. Mo, thank you. Yep. Line becomes available seven four nine seven thousand. Bill Cunningham, News Radio seven hundred WLW. Ram Truck Month at the all-new Mike Kestersi Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Fairfax is here. Prices have fallen, and the and the Great American March Madness gets underway. Really, there's games being played tonight in Dayton and uh, NIT action. Then tomorrow, Thursday and Friday, Xavier launches here about uh, twelve fifteen, twelve twenty, uh, Friday afternoon. We'll continue to follow that. Well, what Mo brought up was an incredible circumstance. And that is that nil name, image, and likeness monies began to be paid about a year ago when the U.S. Supreme Court uh, gave the green light. So we went through an entire process where if you gave an athlete on scholarship almost anything of value, 
The school could be put on probation. The athlete could be banned from further action. And all hell breaks loose. And then uh, today we've gone from one side, which was stupid. Rocky Borman tells the stories that he passed the Notre Dame Finding Irish uh, stores with his jersey, his number being sold for like $100 for a football jersey. His jersey, but he couldn't make $10 uh, parking cars as a valet at some event to have some cash to spend at Notre Dame. It was ridiculous. So we've gone from one part, uh, part of ridiculous to another part, which means that at the end of this basketball season, there's going to be Xavier and UC and N- maybe even NKU players who have a number in their mind what they should be paid next year to play for Xavier, UC, or NKU. And if that money is not forthcoming, they'll go somewhere else and get the money. It's like free agency every year. Yeah, I, I used to be able to have to sit out a year. That's done, too. And so with schools being granted uh, players five and six years to perform, if they're not going to go to the next level and 99% do not go to the next level, this is their prime earning years as a 21, 22-year-old. I, I watched this. This is it's unbelievable. If somebody would, would have said this is happening two years ago, who would have believed that certain quarterbacks at Ohio State or Alabama or Texas are being paid a uh, million or $2 million a year, many times up front. Think about that. A quarterback at Texas or Alabama or Ohio State can make $1 to $2 million playing quarterback and get that every year. And because the NFL has rules that you have to play three years, that means uh, they then can go to the, to the NFL, but 99% of the players never make it anyway. And so this is an incredible circumstance. Secondly, after 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock today, especially after 2 o'clock, I have a guest who's gone through what Charlie Kirk went through of Turning Point USA. He's a frequent guest. He's a very bright young man. He's a favorite of Donald Trump. And uh, he was trying to speak at uh, UC Davis. UC Davis, which, as you know, is a very liberal campus in the California system. And uh, what happened is there was a riot that took place at UC uh, Davis that kept him from uh, from speaking in TIFA. And this comes on the heels of Stanford Law Dean Jenny Martinez, who left her class this past week when, when hundreds of black-clad students and TIFA members wearing masks over their faces started menacing her and chanting, counter-speech is free speech. This occurred when uh, Martinez issued an email to Stanford Law graduates apologizing to U.S. Circuit Court Judge Kyle Duncan after he was prevented from speaking to students and faculty last week at Stanford Law. And with all due respect to uh, every other law school, in in my business of the legal profession, uh, west of the Rocky Mountains, Stanford Law is perceived as being like the best law school west of the Rocky Mountains, and one of the top five law schools in America. And when you have a dean that comes to speak at your law school, well, when the dean invites a federal judge to speak at your law school, that's kind of like a big deal. I can recall my days at the University of Toledo when Justice Antonin Scalia was invited to speak at the University of Toledo. This was like 15 years ago. Scalia is a conservative's conservative. And I'm sure... I also was a commencement speaker at Toledo Law, and I was invited to have a dinner with Antonin uh, Scalia the night before his presentation at Toledo Law. 
there, there was never a thought of Toledo law students, labor unions, whatever, boycotting, protesting, disrupting the speech of Justice Antonin Scalia. This would have been circa 2008, 2009, something like that. And uh, the school, even the big-time liberals, they were honored to have a federal judge come and speak at their little law school. And my dinner with uh, Justice Scalia was one of the highlights of my professional career. To spend two hours with him uh, having a little uh, spaghetti and meatballs with three others at a small table in a mommy Ohio restaurant was thought, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. I was pinching myself. If I would find myself today listening to Justice Sonia Sotomayor or in the good old days, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I would have been honored to share a table or listen to even liberal Supreme Court justices speak to see how they arrive at certain opinions, the different viewpoints they have judicially on whether it's abortion or gun rights or freedom of speech. I, I would have been honored to sit there and have dinner with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, not because I agreed with her, but because of the position she represents. you got to have respect for the position, if not the person who occupies it. But that's not the way the game's being played today at all. Those principles of freedom of speech, listening to different viewpoints, are gone from college campuses. And uh, in the case at UC Davis, University of California, Davis, a large group of black-clad protesters on Monday night, all wearing masks, attacked a venue that was hosting a speech on Monday night with Charlie Kirk of Turning Point USA. According to the AP, the uh, so-called protesters, mainly peaceful, smashed windows, hurled eggs and tomatoes, used uh, pepper spray to attack the university credit center personnel and those who wanted to hear Kirk speak. In the face of all this, uh, personnel had to uh, shut down the presentation by Turning Point USA Charlie Kirk because uh, a police officer was injured by these Antifa wearing masks. By the way, no one was arrested at all. No one arrested. But uh, this comes on the heels of a college free speech uh, poll that was taken in 2022. They had 20, uh, I'm sorry, 38,000 students at 160 top-ranked colleges and universities and law schools were asked questions about uh, freedom of speech on your campus and whether or not uh, it would be safe to go to a speech by Ann Coulter or by Charlie Kirk or by uh, Gabriel Nogales or by any conservative. Uh, I can only imagine if a Supreme Court justice uh, who's conservative, uh, a John Roberts or or a Neil Gorsuch or a Kavanaugh, I can imagine Kavanaugh showing up at a, at a law school presentation, what would happen. But this ranking of colleges as far as freedom of speech, which is guaranteed by the First Amendment, of course, it found that 66% of college students and law school students think that shouting down and disrupting a conservative speaker is legitimate. It's a proper exercise of freedom of speech. Another 23% believe that violence can be used to cancel a speech. That's roughly one out of four. So one out of four college students, the so-called elite of our society, 
and law school students. 23%, roughly one out of four, said that uh, using violence to cancel a speech is fine. It's, it's the First Amendment. So freedom of speech is canceling speech. And it's getting worse, not better. Uh, Antifa is uh, welcoming on college campuses. Predominantly liberal faculties and liberal high schools and teachers have nurtured this approach for the last 15 or 20 years. And uh, mocking surveys showing that conservative students are fearful of speaking freely in class, dismissing these students as just conservatives and fascists. So the anti-fascists are the fascists. Those who believe in freedom of speech believe 66% disrupting freedom of speech is speech itself. So now the dean of Stanford Law, a woman named Martinez, who pledged to allow in the future conservatives or others to speak on campus, is being shouted down and yelled as she walks across Stanford today. She, she left her class. She teaches also Stanford Law School Dean Jenny Martinez. There's a small group of radical left-wing violent extremists called Antifa. That uh, dozens of black-clad so-called students at Stanford on uh, Tuesday, uh, yesterday, all wearing masks, stood around her, shouting at her, counter-speech is free speech. It's like George Orwell's 1984. So the, uh, if they're students, they should be expelled. For those who, uh, who used eggs and violence to stop Charlie Kirk from speaking and attacked a police officer, they should be arrested and expelled. Uh, at Xavier University, my alma mater, an eminent prosecutor, Joe Dieters, 25 years, now a justice on the high Supreme Court, is uh, being attacked verbally by uh, so certain Xavier students and faculty saying he's not welcome on campus, that he's antithetical to our values. And those expressing these opinions think to shut someone down, to shout, is freedom of speech for them, and to allow no freedom of speech on a college campus today is acceptable. And this poll conducted in 2022, that the smashing of windows on college campuses and uh, hurling eggs and insults, using pepper spray, beating police. You might recall you've seen the videos, especially in, in uh, Northwestern, in the Ivy League, and on college campuses, is an acceptable form of protest. 66% of college kids said that shouting down a speaker so they cannot be heard is acceptable. Freedom of speech. Just the opposite of what it is. And about one quarter say that violence is acceptable. So now this dean, this Martinez woman at Stanford, who apologized to Judge Duncan on the 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, is being harangued and harassed at on campus and at her home because she issued a press release apologizing for the behavior. My God, are we in trouble. So at, uh, after 2 o'clock today, I have Gabriel Nagalis on. He was a member of, a, of Antifa. And uh, now 
he's facing the wrath on college campuses when he tries to speak. And it's violent and it's ugly. And uh, it's not going to stop. Ann Coulter has given up speaking on college campuses because uh, uh, of the threats of violence. And now conservative speakers, those who do not believe in the Antifa model of education, will be shouted down. It takes courage. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. If you're a college administrator, to stand up for basic human rights today on college campuses. And likely this is also going to percolate down to the high schools. And those in charge were educated in the last 20 years by left-wing radical extremists who think drag shows for second graders is acceptable. And if someone opposes that, guess what? You're the fascist if you oppose that. You're the one that want to ban books and ban presentations and so much more. My God, are we in trouble. So let's continue. After 1 o'clock today is uh, Kevin Jackson of the Black Sphere. I'm going to have him weigh in on what's happening on college campuses. And also that uh, Dr. Jill Biden, and make sure you say Dr. Jill Biden, gave the International Woman of the Year Award a week ago to a man. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Wearing women's clothing, who declared himself to be transgender. So the woman of the year is a man. This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of the new equation. 
Learn more at thenewequation.com. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. And the media barely blinked when that happened. Dr. Rachel Levine is a transgender admiral, one from man to woman, who's now in charge of health care in this country at Health and Human Services, appointed by Joe Biden. So uh, all I can say is, my God, are we in trouble. Let's continue with more. 1255, home of March Madness. UC basketball in the NIT, Xavier, NKU, and the Big Show. All on News Radio 700, WLW. 2022 Chevrolets are clearance priced at Columbia Chevrolet. Deep discounts, huge rebates. Now is the time to make a great deal on our remaining 2022 Chevys. We have a great selection of Silverados, Equinox, Malibu, and Colorados with savings up to $6,000 off MSRP. 2.99% financing available on select models. Every new Chevy comes with Columbia's signature 10-year, 150,000-mile warranty. Don't miss out. Find new roads to Columbia Chevrolet in Montgomery. ColumbiaChev.com. You know, as I speak, the Dow's off about 600 points. Now's the time you need expert financial advice. The Great American here for my friends at Coordinated Financial Planning. I've been to their offices. They're great folks. They know what they're talking about. Are you thinking now about retirement? Do you worry you may not have enough money saved? Why not call Coordinated Financial Planning and set up a no-cost, no-obligation consultation? It's free. They will recommend a strategy to your unique set of financial circumstances. So if you have assets of over $200,000, call Steve Perrin Jr. Steve Perrin Jr. at 513-769-3131, 769-3131 or coordinatedfinancialplanning.com. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity during tax season because so much... Billy Cunningham, the great American. Uh, uh, as all of us like to watch news events, it's like drinking from a fire hose, all the stuff going on right now. And uh, FTX, which was the crypto exchange of the great Democratic donor, is now collapsed. Still, he's out on bond of $250 million bond. One of the funders of the Democrat Party was FTX, which is the crypto. Then Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank began the whole process of the unraveling, unraveling of the FDIC guarantees, et cetera. Those are also great institutions in which one of them, Signature Bank, was uh, run by or controlled by Barney Frank. Barney Frank found a nice soft place to land, very woke, a lot of great uh, advertisements about how woke they are and how uh, if you're a member of the alternative communities, you have a place at Silicon Valley Bank and more. Plus, in San Francisco, Kevin Jackson will be happy to hear this. African-Americans may be getting $3.5 million as reparations, plus more. Kevin Jackson, KevinJacksonNetwork.com. Welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. Before we talk about the media's use, a huge January 6th mistake, before we talk about the leaked chat that proves the FBI helped orchestrate January 6th, before we talk about Jill Biden, the First Lady, giving the Woman of the Year Award to a man pretending to be a woman, 
and uh, which cripples the Me Too movement. Give me your thoughts, first of all, on the bailout of Joe Biden of great democratic institutions and how what a moral hazard this is for the rest of us. So let's put it in perspective. The Democrats chased Donald Trump down because he he had a two hundred and eighty seven million dollar uh, bankruptcy that was and he was able to get the money back over 10 years. Uh, so two hundred eighty seven million dollars. And then when they finally got his taxes, they found out that he really didn't use uh, that as a crutch. And he was actually paying a lot of money in his taxes. And when Donald Trump theoretically filed his bankruptcies, it was generally protected by uh, property. So you've got a golf course or a building or something like that. Now, let's put it into perspective. So most recently, we had SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, that failed. They sold $21 billion in bonds at a $1.8 billion loss. Follow the money on that. I guarantee you, you're going to find a leftist elitist who made $1.8 billion dollars on the demise of that bank. At the time that the FDIC took over the bank, they were roughly a billion dollars in arrears. They, they owed a billion dollars in money. So in other words, the bank failed, and roughly $3 billion is in the vapor. Now, what did that bank produce? Do they have any property? Do they own any golf resorts? Do they have a, a university that somebody can sue? The answer is no. You mentioned FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried, the wunderkind from MIT that ran his company like it was a frat party. This guy lost $8 billion in crypto. He had nothing. He didn't produce anything. He didn't make anything. He and, and everybody, there, Shaquille O'Neal is supposedly running from the law right now because he doesn't want to get served. He, Steph Curry, uh, Tom Brady, he, they got all these people involved because they wanted to be connected to this thing. And, of course, it's got the Democrats' bloody fingerprints all over it because they, he donated to them. Then you mentioned Signature Bank or Signa, the Silvergate, which was they, they failed as well because of, uh, they, it was too closely tied to the, to the crypto stuff and to Silicon Valley Bank. And that company is bankrupt for $11 billion. So while they're looking for Trump's taxes and, and pre pretending that the MAGA people are the problem, we've got over $20 billion that we can account for that has disappeared into the vapor. It, not one manufacturing plant. Now, they, t show me one thing they produced with that, except to give $73 million to Black Lives Matter and other related charities, who, by the way, if you look at the numbers, corporations have given $83 billion. And you talk about reparations for, for, for uh, the people in, in uh, San Francisco. I think we just, we just started it. We, what do you think this whole BLM thing is? If I were the left, I would just say, look, let's just call it even, because look at how much money we've given the BLM that's gone to buy these people multi-million dollar homes all over the country. So we've got a jacked up system here all built around the idea that America's racist and, uh, and Republicans are bad, etc., and the Democrats are robbing us blind. Do, do I really need to go into January 6th, which you alluded to? Huh. We know that there are lies. Uh, do I need to go into the lies around the COVID so-called vaccines, the lies around the origins of the Wu flu virus, the lies around Hunter Biden and his uh, suspicious activity reports that they, in the spirit of transparency, fought not to get released? Are we going to be able to connect the dots with CEFC, the Chinese conglomerate that gave millions of dollars to the Bidens through shell companies, yeah. et cetera? Is Joe Biden a big guy? We know he is.
Kevin Jackson, I don't know where to start. I know if I was a black guy, I'm told I have 5% black blood in me. I may go to San Francisco and collect 5% of $3.5 million. You know, go, the Cunningham names money, all over the black community. You, you know what's funny? Watch what happens once they start giving out this money and Ooh. they give the parameters Ooh. and the 15 black people that qualify for it get it. Watch what happens in the black community when people go, I didn't get mine and you, and, and, or it wasn't enough or, and then let's wait a, a year or two when everybody that's gotten that money's broke. Because if you ever see Chris Rock when he does this thing about all the blacks winning the lotto, that's essentially reparations. Look at his skit on that. You know, watch what happens when they go broke. And oh, by the way, are those blacks the only ones who can no longer now claim racism? You know, or if they move from San Francisco, can they go back to claiming racism? Billy, do you think they're going to stop claiming racism no. just because you put some fat checks in their hands? No. Uh, and in fact, uh, I can't imagine it being constitutional when you hand out money based upon skin color. I can't imagine how many multi-millionaire blacks live in San Francisco that may get three and a half million dollars. Sounds to me like it's illegal. Secondly, oh well, well listen, ahead, listen. The white people won't complain. No, I why not pay people for stuff that they, they, you know, that they're not even responsible for? You know, because you're going to grin and take it, just like you're taking the cause of racism for at everything, just like you're, you know, the white men are being called sexist and misogynistic for nothing. Why? For being born white. You're just going to grin and bear it. You're not going to fight back. You, you, you look. What they're breeding is more divisiveness because that's what you're going to get. If I were white living in San Francisco, yeah. every black person I saw, I would be like, you, you owe me something. I would be in their faces going, I don't owe you anything. Now you got your money. You better <laughs> shut the heck up, right? So I don't know what's going to happen, but it can't be good. And, and it's not going to fix anything. And, and look, I'm not saying individually if you can prove that somebody stole your family's land, go get that money, go get that land. But if you can't prove anything and just by birthright you're supposed to get millions of dollars, that's ridiculous. Page two, Dr. Jill Biden a week or two ago was handing out the awards for the woman of the year. Apparently men are <laughs> better at being women than women are being women. Uh, one of the dudes selected was very honored to receive the International Woman of the Year Award from Dr. Dr. I said Dr. Jill Biden. Make sure you respect her. Uh, yes, how, please do. Uh, how ridiculous is it that men are win winning Women of the Year Awards? I think it's, you know, this Wonderful. is one of the most fun. This is one of the most fun things to watch. Here, conservative men, we recognize what women are because most of us are involved with a real woman, women who respect womanhood, motherhood. They understand that truly they run the world. Uh, it's not men who do. Conservative women are the salt of the earth, and you will never hear me say a negative word about them. But let me tell you, these feminist harpies on the left <laughs> that are fighting to let the transsexual, uh, non-lactating women be part of the, the womanhood, I love watching this thing play out because look at, first of all, forget sports. There will be no records held by, quote, women in the next decade. They will all be held by transsexual men. And now that we're winning Woman of the Year, which, you know, Caitlyn Jenner won that right out of the box, uh, and, and we're starting to win it more and more, and we start winning their pageants, and we start dating their theoretical men. I mean, what's play it out to its bitter end. And tell me where, where women are going to end up. They're marginalizing themselves, and they want to blame us for it. We, I know where this is headed. The nation knows where this is headed. It's just more of leftist lunacy that we should not be engaging in. 
because a very, very small percentage of the population has a brain disorder that makes them think that they are women when they should be men or men when they should be women. Treat it for what it is, but don't make it, stop legislating it and trying to make it bigger than what it is because that's what divides the nation. Look, I, I see transsexuals. And I don't have, I see the humanity in it. I personally, it's still strange to me because it's not natural, but I get it. If, if you really feel that way, I think the majority of America can, can say, look, I understand that you, you've got this problem in as much as my friends might have other types of problems that I, I relate to. But at the end of the day, you're trying to tell everybody that we must capitulate and, and now you're making the rules to where girls which by, they did Title IX for this reason, right. so girls, right. yeah, and, and suddenly we're back dominating. There's nothing we're not going to dominate. Well, it, it's sad that the feminists, other than Martina Navratilova, she, she speaks up, but everyone else falls in line, falls in order. I have to think somebody's getting paid because when you pay for something, you get more of it. When you regulate or tax it, you get less of it. So, you know, when Congressman Pat Schroeder died a few days ago, it was time to honor the ERA and women's rights and maternity leave. All that stuff's out now because men can get pregnant and women have testicles. And so there's no such a thing as a woman. In fact, and Justice Jackson can't even define what a woman is. Right. And, and there's also the feminist movement that says, you know, I'm a woman. Stop opening doors for me. You don't have to pick up the check and all these other things. Uh, so, you know, there's a reason for us to fight back at it. And, and I think that if we're more clever about it, we can show the lunacy of it. But we, I don't think that we fight it very cleverly on the right. And that's why it's been allowed to ex explode. And, then, and let's be honest. The media and the, what I call the media industrial complex is very disingenuous about these issues. They make us all out to be, you know, mean spirit. And don't misunderstand me. That that it is a marginalized community, the transsexual community, and there are sure. people who make fun of it, etc. And, and it's okay to poke fun of it as, in a joking manner, but to understand the humanity of it, we should all be recognizing. But you can't recognize it when they're forcing it on you and they're making you have to do stuff. You, let us come to our own conclusions about this stuff, and I think we'll make the right decisions but if you keep forcing it it's going to be a problem and what i like about it is now they're having to, the left is having to deal with the problem because it is a definite divide between feminism and the transsexual movement as i said play it out another decade uh if you go to uh, womenshistorymonth.org i think it is they talk tout all the women's achievements in sports it's one of the major things i jokingly said when i was doing a comedy routine Watch that page in 10 years. It'll be nothing but transsexual men dominating women's sports. And, but now we're seeing not just women's sports, beauty pageants and, right. and a host of other things. Right. So keep it up. Watch what happens. Getting, getting a, talk show, a talk show host get on their knees and, and uh, talk and speak with a transsexual activist, of course, who's a man, that interviewed the president, and to watch that interview is embarrassing. Now, lastly... Was that Drew Barrymore? Yeah, Drew Barrymore got down on her knees and, and like, uh, prayed with and talked with and put her arms around a transsexual activist who had interviewed uh, Joe Biden. And, uh, of course, legitimate media can't interview the guy. He can't hold a thought in his decrepit brain longer than a couple seconds. But nonetheless, uh, this transsexual activist got to interview... Uh, the president of the United States, which is unbelievable. This virtue signaling stuff is so ridiculous. I mean, Drew Barrymore, I would look at her ratings on her show and see what she's doing. She's appealing to, you know, try to make itself, you know, distinguish herself with that. I I find that deplorable. Uh, look, you want to interview the person and, and, and 
have a legitimate conversation, fine. But you know what she should also do? Interview these people they call the D-trans. One of my guys, Charles Love, did an interview with D-trans. These are people that are detransitioning. They were children who were made into the opposite sex because they were a girl who was what we would have called the tomboy who would have just gone up to marry and have a family and have a happy life, but they transitioned them over. And we interviewed two D-trans that transitioned back, Oof. and they were livid. Now you're finding some of them are suing the doctors and all the people involved. Good. I saw one heart-wrenching story about a girl who, de who transitioned into a boy because she was kind of, she, she wanted to be a boy because she was told, Girls were not going to get this, that, and the other. And so she, she, her parents transitioned her. She says, worst mistake of my life. I'm a woman. I want to be a woman again, but now I'm a product of the system. i got to buy all these stupid drugs. i got to take you know, blockers and this, that, and the other. And I have to do this all my life. I now, to live like this, I have to make, live a fake life. That's why these people have high rates of suicide. What parents need to do and, and the left needs to do is leave children alone, stop sexualizing them, let them be children. They will grow up and find their place in the sun. And if it turns out they're LGBTQIAWTF, then fine. But if let them be kids and figure it out for themselves at a, at a time when their brains have formed and they can actually figure it out. This... This is child abuse is what it is, and, and what it is is it's adult abuse because even adult leftists are like children, and they're doing the same thing. They're behaving like children. Well, the great anthem of the women's movement was, I am woman, hear me roar, and numbers too big to ignore, to ignore as, I send right? my, as I spread my loving arms across the land. Now, I am trans, hear me transition, <laughs> hear me roar, and I'm going, how in the hell did we get in this position uh, Kevin Jackson, so many other issues. We'll do it the next time with January 6th. And Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI, that could not say whether FBI agents in the Capitol on January 6th committed criminal acts. The director couldn't <laughs> comment on that. KevinJacksonNetwork.com. I, I see your stuff. I read your stuff. Once again, thank you for educating us, and thank you for coming on the Bill Cunningham Show. Thank you, Kevin. Sounds good, Billy. Take care. God bless you. I am woman, hear me roar, and numbers too big to ignore. No, I am trans, hear me roar. Hey! Unbelievable. Uh, let's continue with more. Bill Cunningham, The Great American, live every day on News Radio 700 WLW. Ready to play for a winning team? BRG Apartments is hiring career minded maintenance techs. Earn cons what? Numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Oh, boy, you bonehead. Oh, my God. All right, Seg, we have Ribs Royalty in the house, but first, Aaron Rodgers. Just said on the Pat McAfee show, Willie, that he has made it clear since last week his intention is to play for the New York Jets. But. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. But, allegedly, there's a problem. The pack once more Bingo. the Jets want to give. Right. So they want a first and they want a second. Jets say nah, bah, bah, nah. When, you know, whatever. So here we are. So I don't know. Tom Gregory and Big Mo Barrett are in the house <laughs> talking about dick for a meal. But before we do that, Tom Gregory, yes, <laughs> tell the story about we got to talk about 17 that saw 
Sawgrass. Oh, TPC Sawgrass. Well, let's go back to Aaron Rodgers real quick. Aaron Rodgers. Do you think he's going to the Jets because he doesn't want to throw against Sauce Gardner? Yes. I think that's part that's of it. That's the reason. Bingo. He was huh? the rookie of the year. Yeah. Wasn't he defensive back yeah. to the Jets? Yeah, that's trouble in practice. We, we talked to Coach Fickle a little while ago about it. He had nine nine kids drafted that year. Nine. It's pretty good. One of them's got a Super Bowl ring already. And no, But let's talk about, let's talk about number 17. TPC, I'm watching on Saturday and Sunday the best players in the world dunking Tidelist. But you and Big Mo Barrett were there. We went All the down. money on the line. On the line. The line right there. The two hacks in the group. Well, I've seen your brother Dean play, and he's a tremendous player. Tremendous. When did you start drinking again? I'm, I was going to say, you said <laughs> something yesterday that totally Whoa. different, but I'm I've not sure. I've never seen a golfer we don't have the tape. on number one of Lasanneville hit a drive that went between his own legs. He's done that numerous I mean, times. Yeah, how about a trick shot? Uh, can you do that? We, What'd you say? He bounced it off the ball marker, too? A different day, he hit it off the ball marker. Yeah. I mean, but to hit, <laughs> hit the ball between your legs on a drive? Uh, I mean, we could, do it. we could tell Dean stories. stories all day. <laughs> but I'll tell one quick one. We're playing in the LPGA Pro-Am at Kings Island, the old Kings Island. And the old 16th hole was a par three with the water. A lot of water. So there was a drought, and the water was down a little bit. Well, Dean Nicholas hits his ball a little bit short of the, the, the green area, and it's down. It's just on the edge of the water. So there's, you know, there's 80, 100 people in the stands watching. He's going to play it out of there. Uh-oh. So we call him Genius, part Dean, part genius. So Genius looks at the ball. He's going to put his right shoe or his right foot down in the water. Took his left shoe off. I said, what the hell? I said, your right foot's going to be in the water. Well, I'm going to take them both off. <laughs> but we could go. I mean, I could take up an hour and a half telling golf stories about him and Punchy, Carucci, McCall. It's great. It's the best. But uh, about you, 17, so, I want to play. The, you know, that's the most important part here, yeah, Tom. We're, yeah, it, we're, we're, let's get to the point, Tom. We're playing with two decent golfers. I don't want to mention Marshall Heisdu's name. El Presidente. El Presidente of Mueller. So he's like the Joe Biden of Mueller. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh. He's a Trumpster. Well, he's the president, though. Yeah. I mean, Heisdu controls the place with oh, an yeah. iron grip. Yeah. So Marshall. He's, he's pretty good, too. He is. Marshall is, yeah. Yeah, Marshall. He gets up first and he hits his first ball, plop. Dink. Second ball, plop. Third ball, plop. And you say, that's enough, Marshall. That's yeah. enough. So. I've seen enough. The other guy, uh, I forget his name. He hits one in. I don't know if he hit in one or water. two in. In the water. So here comes Dumb and Dumber. We get up there. We both put it on the green. Like we own the place. And we both make our pars. That hole's not that. The only conditions, if they let the greens dry out oh. and there's wind, then it could be a little bit different. But it was a beautiful Give day Give yourself some props, though, Tom. You were within four inches of knocking a birdie down. Almost made the birdie. Are you better than Dean Gregory? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, On that hole, you were. Tell the Hep Cronins, I have Mick on. I call him. Call I, I don't call him this time of the year because he's up to his ass and alligators. I call him. We spent about 10, 15 minutes with Mick getting ready for tournament. His dad's out there. Hep Cronin, Lezen, LaSalle guy, 81 yeah. years old. It's been public. He's had a little bit of health problems, a little bit of heart difficulties. So, Hep is at the finals of the Pack 10, 12, 14, 18. Yeah. He's at the finals. They're playing the Wildcats. <laughs> what happens? Well, apparently, a Wildcat fan got in Hep's face after the game. Yelling at him. Yeah. You like that? 
Yeah, they lost by like two points yeah. on the last second shot. So so Mick, they had the video on, on uh, Facebook. Mick was in doing his post-game press conference with Jaime Jaquez and, and Tiger and one other player. So he's going to, and somebody asked him a question, did an Arizona fan get in your face? He said, no, no. He said, everything was fine. He said, how about your coaches? He said, no. He said, but I guarantee if they would have gotten in Darren Savino's face, oh. it would have been bad for him. So he goes in and he's doing the press conference. And toward the end, somebody says, it was your dad that's, that's, that somebody got in his face. And Mick looked. He said, my dad. And boom, he was Out. off. He out. was looking out he for was that. Going, it yeah. was a 17-year-old yeah. who stood in front of him after the game, dropping the F-bomb. How do you like me now? Yeah. And it went on and on and on. Hep's not the guy you want to be messing with. No. I'd be more afraid of Hep than I would Mick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mick wouldn't. Not exactly tough in the ring. I, I wouldn't think. Uh, <laughs> you I'd never know. Rather, I'd rather go with Mick than Hep. That's but when it's your dad? That now the blood is up to yes, high level. Yes, sir. All right, let's talk about Dick Vermeil and Big Mo Barrett. Uh, talk about Dick Vermeil. <laughs> I looked him up. He's won one Super Bowl title. He won again, I think, with uh, the Rams and mm-hmm. lost, didn't he? Yeah, here's a cool thing, uh, Willie, that I don't think a lot of people understand or even know, but his brother, Al Vermeil, is, is a Hall of Fame strength coach. Al Vermeil's grandson is a man of Muller. And so that's our connection to get uh, to Coach Vermeil. So, I mean, here's a guy who's in the Hall of Fame, Dick Vermeil. He just got inducted in, what, August? And he's already coming to Moeller. So just that alone is pretty special. When's the event? How can people get involved? March 22nd. It's coming right, up next down. Wednesday. How about this? Mo Agger is is our MC. So how about, that's, Mo, Mo's funny. Believe it or not, he's got more humor than you think. Oh, yeah. He's going to be good. So Mo's the MC. And then uh, March 22nd, which is next Wednesday, you can go to Moeller.org. And uh, you can get your tickets there. There's only 40 left, I think. Are there so hamburgers? Is it fish? We have Vonderhaars, the great folks at Vonderhaars. A nice buffet and a cater. And where is it, if anywhere? At Moeller. Which you've been to lately. Well, you, I went you've there. You've attended a, a several I, games I this attended, year. I uh, attended. Good friend of mine, Walt Sweeney, has got a good basketball player named Charlie. I go watch Charlie play. And then last year, I, I walked Do we in, want to talk about that? I walk into the gym. And someone came up. It wasn't you. It was someone else. Uh, yeah. Said, would you like to be the halftime show? I'm going... What do I chase a frisbee? I'm I'm, I'm the halftime show. <laughs> like, a, like the dog. Like the yeah. dog. He said, Maybe no. do the quick change artist thing. I, I don't know. I said, what is it? Well, you got to shoot from half court, and if you make it, some ten thousand dollars. You were eight out of ten. And so I said, well, look, I got a friend of mine, Wally here, is with me, and I said, I'm going to put him on the on the snide. So I get the microphone. <laughs> This is after I took down Byron Larkin. Yes. And shooting free. Which has been well documented. Well documented. And Bobby Brannon. Well documented. And I said, he'll donate (laughs) $2,000 to the, what what fun is it? The Mueller Fund? The Mueller, Whatever it is. If I can make seven out of ten. And Wally's now, what does Wally say? (laughs) Okay, I'll do it. So so I got some bad news for you. Tom and I had lunch with Byron Larkin. uh, What was that? A a week or two ago. And, uh, Byron said he heard about that. He says, you know, I hear Willie talk a lot. He says, ask him if he's going to go mano y mano with me, him and I, at another, the next, we're going to have to wait till next year. At halftime of a game, you and Byron Larkin, and see if you can put your money where your mouth is. Is this free throw shooting? Free throws. Yes. Uh, I'll be there with you. I think think he's going to smoke you. Well, Byron Larkin embarrassed himself, really. He did. (laughs) He really embarrassed himself. But YouTube, but you can you can just go Google it. It's yeah. right there. So, so what uh, year was that? Oh, I don't know, about ten years ago. Yeah, at least I've gotten better with wine. I think Byron's yeah. 
You know, he plays a lot of basketball. Or he still plays. I don't he does. Play. You could, you, but you were concerned. You wanted to make sure it was free throws and not three-point shots. Correct. There. Free throws, if I... You can't get it to the rim from the arc? Uh, I had a hard time. You know, uh, I appreciate you not bringing up to how you whooped me in uh, free throw shooting, too, man. You are the man. You are. If there's a Hall of Fame for free throw shooting, you got to be in it. Because that night up at Lips, up in Bowler and LaSalle, you looked like you could have made 100 free throws in a row. And I just tipped my hat to you. You could knock them down, man. <laughs> That's a di- that's a different converse. That's a different Byron Larkin than I we talked to. Well, two Byron weeks ago. Larkin was humble and reflective. Now time has passed. He Correct. thinks it's going to yeah. hurt me not a bit. I'm like wine. I get better with age. But we're going to find out. And, uh, segment. Give me some sports and make it fast if you don't mind. Willie, the uh, Stooge Report is a proud service of your local Tempstar heating and air conditioning dealers. Tempstar, Tempstar. quality you can feel in Cincinnati. Call the experts at Preferred Home Comfort at five one three eight nine two. H V A C Sports. Well, yeah, the uh, Carolina Panthers are signing up uh, former Bengals uh, tight end Hayden Hurst, three-year deal. The Bengals are re-signing running back Travion Williams. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are letting go Ezekiel Elliott. Tampa Bay has signed quarterback Baker Mayfield. What about Cincinnati? He takes over for the goat. We don't have a running back right now. Don't have a running back. Don't have a uh, tight end. What about Ezekiel? Uh, I I don't think so because uh, he could he couldn't I could tackle him out in the open field if I wanted. Well, Joe He's Mixon, not very good anymore. Is he going to be charged for any of these offenses? Yes or no? Uh, you're the lawyer. I have no I idea. I say no. Okay. Well, then he'll be back. First round action tonight in the NIT right up there in Clifton. Uh, it's uh, the Bearcats in Virginia Tech at 8.35 on ESPN 15.30. Tom, who do you like there? Bearcats. Please continue. NKU at number one <laughs> Houston tomorrow. First round of the NCAA tournament. The action on ESPN 15.30. Norse up, Willie. I'm going with the NKU to pull the 16-1 to upset. Big Mo Barrett, you like NKU or Houston? I, th- I think Seg's drinking again, too. Please Houston. Continue. Uh, let's see, high school basketball, congrats to Purcell Marion star D. Alexander, named uh, this afternoon as the uh, Max Preps Ohio Girls Player of the Year. Is she coming here? We're going to honor Pur- Purcell Marion Monday. Monday. Princeton tomorrow. One thirty on Monday for Correct. Princeton. And then... Uh... Say, you got some Montgomery and sauce on your lip there. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, Reds and Cubs tonight, uh, way, Cactus League, r l Carriers sauce. inside pitch at uh, 835 right here on... 700 WLW. Also, Willie, get ready for the NCAA tournament tomorrow. I'm getting ready. The road to Houston begins. Mo, live, 10 a.m. to noon, live from the Holy Grail on ESPN 1530. Is that it? That's it. Tommy Gregory, what about the nil money? Are you providing ribs <laughs> to all the UC Bearcat football and basketball as part of the nil contribution? Why not? Why not? <laughs> He's working on Jordan Marshall. Our running back, who's down to our four final school at Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, Tennessee, and Ohio State. He's kind of he's working on Jordan a little bit. Or is Jordan, or is Jordan working on you? Yeah, a little bit of both. Little but bit isn't of both. money a, a factor? Kid. I just had Mo Egger on talking about it begins at $100,000 plus a car. Look, pass. Tom Gregory is. <laughs> we're passing on the nil. Stunned. <laughs> stunned. Yeah. The, the, Can you imagine what's happened? I mean, it used to be you couldn't get nothing. Then there was some money more or less under the table. Now it's all out in the open. Could you imagine how much you would have made coming out of Deer Park oh, High School? Oh. Oh. Dipsy Doodle. He would have still oh, been playing. I'd still be playing. <laughs> At Xavier, when I played ball there, we had to give blood to the Hawksworth Blood Center to raise money. 
for a southern trip to play baseball with Joe Hawk. We had to give three pints of blood, and that got uh, Frank Weichel wrote a column about it. Then all hell broke loose. Then Xavier paid for the trip because yeah, it was an NCAA violation to have blood drawn. <laughs> Nice. Uh-huh. To go now, to. Now, they, now, forget it. It begins at a hundred grand. Right. Yeah. And, and the great players in college are making a million. Literally a million yeah. dollars. It's yeah. crazy. It's it, crazy. It and is. all the ribs you can eat. Xavier in Michigan baseball today. Today? That's right. Yeah. Who's, who's, right. who's scheduled to win that one? I would assume Xavier. Michigan's so. terrible. Tom, terrible. Tom, you got a ton of teams that you follow, though, because you, you hang your hat on Michigan, too. Yeah. Because uh, Michiganders eat ribs too, so you don't yeah, care. They did last night. They did. Yeah, they came they in. Said they got to carry out. <laughs> That's all you need. The baseball team. Yeah, get them in, get them out. Get them in, get them out. Sounds like something else I could mention. Get them yeah. in, get them out, get them out. <laughs> but anyway, Big Mo Barrett. Once again, if you want to see Dick yeah. for a meal, how does it happen? March twenty second. You go to Moeller's website, Moeller.org, to get uh, some of the final tickets. Opens at five o'clock. Doors open. Uh, are you going, Willie? You know, it's a possibility. Every year you say, well, it's I might, I might, and I, we can't find you with a search warrant. I think if you can crawl out of, this is probably a good time to bring up. You know, when you were on that roof that one time, I was working at the communication <laughs> center when that happened. Should we, we'll bit, save that for another it's show. It's a bitter memory I'm trying to forget. I was you sitting in the person next to you was taking that call when you called him. Is this, is this Welly? Is this Welly? Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I was in yeah. trouble. I've called 911 once in my life, and the finest were there to get me off the roof. Tom, would you get on the roof anymore? No. No. Good Lord, no. <laughs> Big Mo no. Barrett was there. I was there. And Marshall Heise, dude, cannot hit 17. 17. That's a fact. And Danny Jansen will be at the stag. He'll oh, be there. DJ will be there. That's all you need. DJ Pretty and Mo. So, are you going, Willie? Sag, are you going to be there, too? Both of you? i got to check it out and see my schedule. I don't know. Oh. You don't have a no, schedule. I want emergency dispatcher drive. There it is. Oh, here That's it is. Judy. That's oh, Judy. I have a little problem here. Okay, what kind of problem? <laughs> I'm, uh... I'm on the roof of my uh, house. What's the problem? I can't get off the roof. Okay. The ladder fall over? No, you don't know. We're laughing in the background. Oh, absolutely. And I'm stuck in the corner of the house. I'm a little bit afraid of the... Of the height and with your I, golf I shoes on, move. right? Yeah, my leg under my body, and, and my I got to get off the roof, and I'm half off. eating the air. Okay, and your name, sir? Bill Cunningham. We told the fire department to drag their feet. I'm embarrassed about this. <laughs> this Willie? Really? Yeah, that's me. I, I came up here to take the lint out of the, the dryer vent. Uh huh. And I got the lint out. Turned and then I turned the around on the ladder. How the hell did I get here? Oh, I'm 15 feet up. stuck on the <laughs> side of the house up against the house. And, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little afraid. That's uh, enough. Okay. I'm a great American. American. I'm a great I, American. That you are. All right. We got to run. But uh, once again, big mo. Thanks, Barrett. Willie. Appreciate it. Thank Marshall you so much. Do for me. And tell Byron Larkin. He's ready. I accept. Perfect. That's going to be awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Get me out of the sewage report. Willie was on this day, March the 15th, 1869. 1869. Who was president then? The Cincinnati Red Stockings became the first professional team in America. Today. Today's the day. 1869. Right. I think at that point... Johnson was, was still Ulysses the S. Grant. The... He was elected, but he don't ta- didn't take office until like April the fourth. Okay, of the next year. Maybe that will start doing that with this with, with these guys Johnson. these days. Yeah, wait, just wait. Andrew Johnson. Yeah, well, he was still president after uh, after uh, Lincoln got assassinated. Uh, yeah, yeah, he wasn't very good, was he? No, he Andrew was a, Johnson. He was clown. a Tennessee Democrat. It's a clown. Let's continue with more coming up next. <laughs>
is Gabriel Nagalis about Antifa attacking kids on college campuses. All on News Radio 700 WLW. When we opened our first furniture fair showroom in Cincinnati 60 years ago, we never dreamed we'd grow to include almost a dozen stores. I see it almost every day now. It's getting worse. Uh, I, I've seen some of the conservative media talk about, well, we're going to make a turn at some point. By that I mean the indoctrination of our youth into the principles of uh, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, CRT is unbridled. Uh, things percolate. A little bit here and there about examples. Charlie Kirk, who uh, turning point to USA, tries to speak at UC uh, Davis, University of California, Davis. All hell breaks loose here in Cincinnati. I broadcast, of course, from the seven hills of Cincinnati. We have a uh, prosecutor, Joe Dieters, who spent 25 years as a prosecutor. And he takes an appointment to the Ohio Supreme Court. Then liberal and Marxist activists at Xavier University circulate a petition to ban him from the campus uh, when he wants to speak there. The circumstances happen at uh, Stanford Law. As you know, I'm a Juris Doctorate. I hold and I practice law for many years. And uh, I can recall the good old days as a great American when, uh, when uh, the great Antonin Scalia was invited to speak at the University of Toledo about 15 years ago. I was the MC of the event. Also spoke at a graduation, even though the students, law students at the University of Toledo, I'm sure, are very liberal. In fact, one might say reactionary and Marxist. They were extremely respectful of Antonin Scalia. And uh, yours truly, if I was in a meeting or in a conference and and uh, the good old uh, uh, Justice Sotomayor, if she would come to speak, those who hold my political viewpoints would accept it and listen to what she has to say. I disagree with her, but I will fight to the death for her right to say certain things. And I would simply listen, maybe ask a question or two, because uh, when I hear someone say things that I disagree with, it allows me to test in my own mind whether the position I hold is accurate because I want to hear what the other viewpoint is. Or secondly, uh, it confirms my own viewpoint. So it's always good to hear different viewpoints. I can recall in law school, uh, when the Midwest had uh, moot court competitions, we would not know until the morning of the presentation of which side we had. You could be the prosecutor. You could be the defense counsel. You could be the plaintiff's lawyer. You could be defense counsel. In other words, you, you would be handed a case and given about 20 minutes to prepare cogent arguments that made some sense. And so the battlefield of ideas occurs so that one understands the different viewpoint. And uh, a person that's dealt with this is Gabriel Nagalis. He's written books on the subject of how the indoctrination is taking place in, in grade schools. How, how do second and third graders be forced to sit there and watch drag queens when you're six, seven, eight years old? It's impossible. But the indoctrination happening uh, without much reference in, uh, in grade schools, high schools, and colleges and law schools is a massive wave that's washing across the United States of America. And once again, uh, Gabriel Nagalis, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. And uh, as a, a former member of Antifa that got out alive, before we talk about what happened at Stanford College of Law, what happened to Charlie Kirk, Turning Point USA, what's happening to Prosecutor Joe Dieters, now in the Ohio Supreme Court, uh, how prevalent is the attitude of the teachers and the professors that uh, there's an indoctrination going on not education. 
This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. You know, there's many professors and teachers out there that really they they know exactly what they're doing. They're very they're very insidious in the way that they promulgate their beliefs because they often say, oh, you know, these are my beliefs, but, you know, you can take them or leave them. But when it comes to grading, it comes to actually assessing a, a student's uh, understanding of the material. If they say or write anything that's outside of their purview or their worldview, all of a sudden not only are they getting it wrong, but oftentimes they're hateful. They, they, they just don't understand the material. You know, this is kind of what it is. They, they force ideological conformity among their, their students. Uh, and if one does not perform correctly, in other words, if a student stands up in a class in college, you have experiences in California, and you express different viewpoints, does that affect your letter grade? Does that affect your student? Does that affect how people look at you? No, it definitely does. I mean, unfortunately, oftentimes a lot of professors have a lot of freedom in the way they grade. I had a student over at a law school in California who came to me a few years ago. He's now a prosecutor um, in California, a great guy. But during law school, his second year of law school, I remember he was talking about constitutional law and how his professor kept grading him down despite the fact that, you know, you, know, you went to law school, most of law school, you get your grade through participation and your exams. You know, there's very few assignments in between. And he was the one participating. Other His peers were coming to him because he was getting the material. And, you know, he was always arguing. But somehow he was the one getting a C. And some of his uh, uh, classmates who were not getting the material were getting higher grades than he was. It's difficult to be able to prove that in court, unfortunately, because they have a lot of uh, academic freedom. But at the same time, they, they abuse it every single time. Explain what happened at Stanford Law, and for those who may not know, probably the best high school rating west of the uh, Rocky Mountains uh, may be Stanford Law. It's elite. I've seen some of the video, but many uh, across the country may not know what occurred. So can you tell the American people what happened at Stanford Law a few days ago? Of course, a federal judge was invited to speak by the Federalist Society chapter out in Stanford. And of course, as we know, higher education wants to welcome diversity views. And uh, no, I'm kidding. No, ah. the, the federal prosecutor, he was shouted down by a lot of different protesters. One of the deans of diversity and whatever her title is, um, gave a, a passionate speech about how she supposedly defended his right to free speech, but she took up all the time, so he didn't actually give have the opportunity to give his, his remarks. So they were forced to go to a Q&A, and then during the Q&A, he was just shattered down, and also there, it was very contentious by people who didn't want him there. Eventually, he was escorted out by a, a marshal, a, a police officer, uh, into his car. You know, it, it's sad because... A lot of prosecutors, uh, he's a federal judge, and we should be listening to him, um, um, uh, what he has to say if he's invited to a, a, to a university campus. And uh, interestingly enough, though, the university did apologize to the judge, likely because he's the judge and he's not some guy who runs a nonprofit or, or whatever. He's a federal judge. But, well, an apology is just a start. When are they actually going to hold accountable all the students who are disrupting are disrupting these type of events. 
you know, this federal judge, as all other federal judges, should do what the, the judge from, who was invited to speak at Columbia, no, it was Yale Law School, and he did. He said that he was not going to hire anybody as a law clerk from Yale Law School because obviously the students do not respect the First Amendment, which is pretty important if you want to be a judge or a clerk. And this particular judge is from the Fifth Circuit, and the judge had written an opinion uh, that uh, dealt with a pedophile, a child rapist. And uh, on appeal, he refused to uh, identify or call this male uh, child rapist pedophile by his chosen name. He wanted now to be a, to be identified as a woman. And this child rapist wanted to go to a woman's federal prison and not to a male federal prison. And, and this particular federal judge uh, would not. Uh, identify this person uh, as a uh, as a female uh, and so that was the launching point at Stanford Law for the heckling of a federal judge and, and I, I would imagine I, I think uh, the judge said similar things uh, about uh, maybe if graduates of Stanford would apply for work you should become aware of what happened uh, at this particular presentation and the judge's name is Kyle Duncan and his speech was disrupted. And so this wasn't just some esoteric discussion about rules and regulations out of the FAA. This was a federal judge, Duncan, who refused to call a defendant who desired to change his gender from male to female so he could be in a female prison for many, many years. And that's the reason that the Stanford Law School graduates went after him. He was also a Trump appointee, and in Trump, and the world of Stanford Law, I'm sure, is the second akin to fascism. And so uh, when the administrator, the assistant dean, stood up and started talking about uh, about uh, how one must behave, she spent most of her time berating Judge Duncan because he said she said the opinions you have issued is violence toward transgender students. And it was so absurd that even Stanford had to stand up and apply. Now, has any discipline been affected to the students, law students? And these are individuals in their 24, 25, 26, 30 years old. But nothing's happened to the students to our knowledge. Is that correct? That's correct. And, you know, universities will pay, they'll pay a lot of lip service to, oh, free speech. It's important. But they don't, they don't actually defend free speech. They just like to pay lip service and then pretend like nothing ever happened. And, you know, one of the issues, going back a little bit to the transgender issues, that's, an, that's, that's a tactic that a lot of child molesters are doing. I mean, we know in Los Angeles last year there was a, a guy named James Tubbs who was convicted of, of molesting a little girl in, in, in a restroom, a public restroom. And he changed his name to Hannah Tubbs. And uh, the prosecutor, Gascon, actually gave him, sent him to a child. He was 26 years old, but he sent him to a, a child detention center for girls. And he was bragging about how he got away with it. He only had to serve two years. It, it, it's, it's the new tactic that they're doing. And, you know, this judge was right to deny that, that request, you know, because a lot of these prosecutors, are, uh, sorry, these uh, child molesters, they're doing anything they can in their power, even, even using the transgender ideology in order to get away with keep molesting children. And uh, Gabriel Nagalis, this is not an isolated incident. Describe the indoctrination you went through in California public schools and you came out as a member of, of Antifa thinking that was the right way to express yourself. Explain what happens every day in California public schools. 
I mean, sure. I mean, there was a few different teachers who just were more interested in, in promulgating their beliefs than actually teaching. I had a biology teacher, for example, who sometimes he would spend just days or just yelling at students. I don't know why he was so angry, but he would tell us that he was, uh, his, his children were raised uh, atheists, you know, and he couldn't believe how dumb some, pe- some parents were for teaching their children about God and Christianity. I had another teacher who, she was wonderful all around, but some of the material she was teaching was pretty much critical race theory. One time we were analyzing some of the, the, the mentality of a, of a school shooter. And mind you, this is in an English class, a freshman English class. And she told us to close our eyes and imagine somebody uh, in the, on the, on facing a trial and just described what he was wearing. And he asked, she, she would ask us, okay, was this kid black or was he white? You know, just everybody that was supposed to raise them all, like, this is stereotype. He's a stereotypical, like, white person or black person. That's straight up from critical race theory, and this is being taught in California schools, even before people realize, the majority of Americans realize what critical race theory even was. Uh, is this, and this is a public school that went on, so when you came out of that system of indoctrination in a public school, what was your reaction to it? What did, how did it change your life? Why did you join Antifa? I mean, I joined Antifa while I was still part of, uh, while I was still in high school, my junior year and senior year of high school. I can tell you that I was angry. I was angry about um, that I saw all of these different injustices happening around the world and or just in America, and that nobody was doing anything serious about it. So when I had the opportunity, I started going to protest and and more radical movements, and I joined the anti-fascist movement. And I thought that I was finally at home. People who really got the idea that we have to fight back against the quote-unquote fascist system, and we have to pretty much burn it down, you know? Um, But, I mean, it didn't take long for me to realize that that was really not what I wanted for myself or for America, really. You know, I started learning about ideas that were opposed to mine, uh, about Milton Friedman, Thomas Sowell, the free market, all these great ideas. And I realized that, you know, we were just fighting straw men. A lot of the people who we said were were fascists, they didn't even exist. And I started to learn more about uh, libertarian, more liberty-minded ideals, and I slowly started becoming a free speech activist. And I've been doing that for uh, 10 years now. Are you having success? Because I see what happened at University of California, Davis. California, what's, Davis. what's happening here with, with Joe Dieters uh, seeking to be banned from a college campus because he's been a former prosecutor. Do you think, is this waxing or waning? What? Is the wave growing or is it going backwards? After 10 years of doing this, I have a sense we're making no progress. Am I wrong? No, actually, we are making quite a little progress. Good. You know, in 2019... We had President Trump sign an executive order to deny free speech. I was invited to the White House then, and it was it was amazing. And I can tell you this much: that that executive order basically told uh, public universities, if you are receiving federal money as well as private universities, and if you are not upholding the First Amendment, you are going to lose your federal funding. And what we're seeing now is that before universities completely ignored the free speech, they were just like, oh, you know, like, it's not really us. It's outside agitators. We can't do anything about it. Now, at least, at the very least, they're paying lip service. But it's not enough, obviously. We have to demand more from universities. We have to demand that they uphold the principles of free speech and the First Amendment and, and, and make sure to investigate and discipline any students that violate the rights of other students. That's the next step. We are seeing some incremental gains, but 
they are taking a while because they don't want to do it. We have to force their hand and make sure that they respect the First Amendment. Do you have a sense when you came out of the public uh, elementary, high school, college system in most uh, major states, mo uh, certainly most blue states, that you had to be deprogrammed? That there's something that went on that your mind wasn't thinking right and that you had to go, th go through a deprogramming status? You know, for me, a lot of people ask me about, like, what is that aha moment? That moment where I realized, oh, Antifa is completely wrong. I can't be with them. No, for me, it was definitely a long process. I started learning about ideas that I didn't agree with. I found them interesting. I started learning more and more and more and more. And then all of a sudden, I started believing something else. And it wasn't, so, like, immediately clear to me. It's only now looking back that I realized that there was such a sharp contrast. I took such such a sharp turn. But it was the natural transition of of my evolution of, of how I, I view the world. I would note that you're the author of the book, Behind the Black Mask. My time as an Antifa activist. It's been out there for about three years, and you appear in some talk shows. Well, I'll say this, Gabriel Nogales, uh, long way to go. I know, I know when here in Ohio and also in Florida, legislators have passed laws that say you can't teach racism in public schools. You would think that would be quite acceptable. It's called CRT, but then the left fights against it every time someone like uh, uh, Governor DeSantis wants to ban second and third graders from watching uh, drag shows. All of a sudden, you're, you're, you're a book banner and compared to Adolf Hitler. And and there's not a lot of sense in these college campuses the turn needs to make. Gabriel Nagalis, once again, thank you for coming on the Bill Cunningham Show, and we'll do it again. Thank you, Gabriel. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, let's continue with more. Bill Cunningham, The Great American, live every day at your home of the Reds. News Radio 700 WLW. Good mornings are ready to go at UDF. Try our new caramel cream coffee. Here for a limited time, you can get it with a hint of cream. Attention. And I did. Mm. I really did. I had a magical experience with uh, the sensation of feeling a hundred different hands on my body imparting a blessing of love and forgiveness for myself and gratitude for this life from what seemed to be my ancestors. Um, and I came back and the pandemic hit. I'm broadcasting. Oh, you bonehead. Oh, Rocky, that was your that? good friend Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Rock, about what about that? Hands. And now he's saying on the Pat McAfee show that uh, he wants to be a J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. But. They got to work out the deal, deal. Now, give me your reaction to one Aaron Rodgers who's meta he's metaphysical. Well, my first question is this, <laughs> Willie. When's the last time you had a truly out-of-body experience when you had a hundred of your ancestors' hands laid upon you. When was the last time you had that happen? Describe, please. Oh, Cuddy. Deshaun Watson has had that experience. <laughs> <laughs> we got to call him. Maybe that's what's holding up the deal with the Jets. There's not enough uh, hands. He hands. needs more than a hundred on him. He sounds like a California goofball, which oh, of course boy. he is. Robert is Salala, the, uh, the, the uh, coach of the Jets, is like, oh my God. What are we doing here? What are we doing this here? Because this could be, this is like high risk, high reward. It's going to be fantastic or it's going to be absolutely. Amen terrible. to that. And the New York media is just waiting for this guy. Uh, he better do well. Thank you.
because this sounds pretty. Because not they could, they'll bury him and he'll be he'll be back in Green Bay before you know it. He's I don't a, think he cares though. I don't think. Uh, I think you're right. He's weird. Yeah. Weird. He's definitely, weird dude. I, I just can't. I can't imagine playing with or for a guy that is that odd. Full of himself and odd. Yeah, he's, he's in an isolation chamber for four days. Four days out in the middle of nowhere. To the Almighty to get directions. His ancestors came and stuck their hands in his pockets, but also all over <laughs> yeah. his body. Yeah. And uh, now, I, this is a goofball right here. I'm glad he we is, got Joe Burrow. Yeah. He is the kind of guy that could walk in one day and say, you know what? I, I had uh, some transcendent experience last night and i found out that my time in football is over so thank you guys you know you can see, see that happening with him we're just just bail just you know oh. you can't tell me anybody on the jets would think that that was something that would never happen something yeah. that could happen with that guy anyone that could tell danica patrick you're not woman enough for me is not my kind of guy that's for sure Seg's girl right there that's he loves danica danica that's patrick what'd you say what would you huh? would, would you be uh, like a Hollywood uh, talk show host and kneel in front of Danica Patrick? No, no, never. Pretty weird stuff. They do. You know what? Those two deserve each other. That's what I'm thinking. I think it's weird. I don't care. Yeah, what it's a weird out. That's a weird dude to me. What about Zeke? What about Zeke? Where's he going, Sag? I don't know. Zeke. He's not coming Bangles. here. I know that. Bangles. Ezekiel Elliott. Bangles. They they lost they Hayden Hurst today to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Travion Williams, I guess, is coming back. Back. Uh, Baker Mayfield's now in Tampa Bay to take over for the GOAT. Check see out, what happens there. Check out your favorite workout facility segment, Mons Venus <laughs> in Tampa. I think of, that's probably where he's going to go. That's where the thousand so you get hands the groin are. loose down there. The, uh, more ways that. than one. Yes. Yeah. Seg loved that. Willie, the uh, Stooge Report is a proud service of your local Tempstar. Heating and air conditioning dealers. Tempstar. Tempstar. Quality you can feel in Southwest Ohio. Call Better Choice. Heating and cooling at 513-868-3388. Sports! I wonder how Aaron Rodgers fit in the culture of Green Bay, Wisconsin with these kinds of thoughts over the past 17 years. You know what, Willie? He was weird all, every offseason and all that stuff, but the Packers didn't care as long as he won. That was it. Uh, one Super Bowl. Well... The goats got on seven. A completely different level. More, now than more one, more than we years. got. Right, right, Rock. Not now. He's. He's. Uh, I, I'm not sure New York would accept this unless he wins. If they win, oh, it's all. Thank okay. you. Cures everything. Cures every problem. Bingo. The sun. Winning. But I'd rather have uh, number nine than the uh, second coming of Joe Namath. And we got a report from Mo early on that in the next one to two weeks, the deal has all but been signed that Joe Burrow, named oh after a donkey, is going to sign the richest contract in sports history with your Bengals. Sports history? Does that include uh, all the ridiculous contracts in baseball and stuff? Yes. No way. $500 million. <laughs> Yeah, you're mine. $500 million. Seg, well, what do you say? Sounds good to me. I'll take some of that if he wants to give me a couple bucks. Sure. Joe Burrow is normal, I think. Isn't Joe Burrow normal? As far as I know, yeah. He doesn't go to Oregon and sit in the dark for four days and hands all over him by his ancestors and goodness knows what goes on and and they're in the, and they're in the room. Aren't they all dead? These are well, dead maybe, people. I don't know. I, he sees well, dead people. Well, I don't know, Willie. I mean, maybe. Got to see old Cunny. As, <laughs> as long as he doesn't sign a five hundred, like a five hundred point three million dollar deal. 
I used to always make me upset when I was a player. Like saying some guy was signing like an eighty-seven point six million dollar. Give me the point six. Give some to Seg. You know. Yeah. Don't be so we, damn. We talk, we talk about him nice on this show. Point three. Thank you. Yeah, five hundred point three. Yeah, yeah. that'll be that'll be our tip. That'll be our tip. Bags, bags of cash. That's right. He's going to get a lot of bags of cash pretty soon. Rock, we love you, but we just can't pay you anymore. We just gave that guy a million plus point three. Give that. Give give it to me. Yeah, give that point six to the Pebbles. (laughs) And how college education fund (laughs) to go to where? You see what? Maybe Xavier. What? When they start their football program again, they'll join UC back to the MAC. Can't you see that? Yep. One of the Boyman boys yes. quarterbacking the football musketeers. Dressed as a musketeer. What? He'll become the Xavier what? Blue Blob during the basketball games. <laughs> and that wasn't a bad deal. I did that a couple of years. You did that. Wasn't bad. You didn't need any padding, though. No, I didn't. Uh, college basketball first round of action in the NIT tonight. Fifth third arena, the site. Virginia Tech, the Hokies. In town to take on our beloved Bearcats at 835 ESPN 1530. Okies. NKU at number one Houston tomorrow. First round of the Midwest Regional in Birmingham uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Purcell Marion star D. Alexander has been named the Max Preps Ohio Girls Basketball Player of the Year. When will she be here? She'll be here Monday. NAIA National Women's Quarterfinals tonight. Thomas Moore and Montana Western. Go at it. Montana Western? Yes. Rock, have you ever heard of that school? It's in Montana. It's in the West. I thought that was just, you know, all of Montana is Western. Well, they got Montana North, South, and East. Montana. Is a school called Montana Western? Western. Yep. Home of the Bulldogs. Dogs. Just like last night at Mississippi State, they got beat. Speaking of the dogs, Rock. Uh Uh-oh. Report on uh, on, uh, (laughs) ESPN that Jalen Carter has put on excessive weight and at the combine, could not could not run the drills of an offensive lineman. He's 22 years old, and he's put on excessive weight. And now his stock is plummeting, kind of like the market today. Your reaction? That's uh, a massive problem. I mean, if a guy cannot, this is the single most important time period of his life in terms of determining his future and setting himself up for success. And if he can't find it, with deep inside of him to, you know, train hard and maintain his weight and keep his nose clean and all that sort of thing. That's a huge problem. It's also a misdemeanor charge on that drag racing deal that killed two people. That's not a positive either. No. No. I I can't imagine that kind of a job interview of not doing your best. I mean, the guy's already lined up. His game film has him as maybe the most impactful player in this entire draft. But, so but the only place he has to go is down, and he's doing he's successfully doing that just now. Well, the other thing is Joe Mixon, I'm told by knowledgeable sources, is uh, testifying before a Hamilton County Grand Jury on the uh, matter of shooting the kid next door that he personally did not do. But there's certain things that must transpire for Joe to get a Texas El Paso. Well, you mean Joe Mixon. It, Mixon. Not innocent, Joe Mixon, not Joe Burrow, not Joe Burrow. I'm right, Joe Mixon. Let me <laughs> make you. that clear. I was going to say, wait a minute. When was he there? What? Wait. Also, Matt Reese interviewed uh, Chief Fiji. Got a little testy with him today. A little testy. But you got to get. Where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? What's the deal, well, Lucille? This is the day of the Buffalo game where he allegedly he claims knob up and on. By the way. Stuck a gun in a woman's face, threatening to uh, do some plastic surgery with a thirty-eight caliber. Not good. 
So that's going to come to a head soon, too, Segman. Well, yeah, Reds and Cubs tonight in Cactus League Baseball at 835 with the RNL Carriers Insight Pitch. But right here on 700 WLW, but we understand it's raining today, most of the day in Arizona. Therefore, so we'll see if uh, the uh, Bearcat game may be simulcast tonight if the Reds and Cubs get rained out. I'm not sure they have the, well, they don't have the banana phone anymore, so they may just say it's raining. Mm. See ya. Wouldn't want to be you. Be well, the other thing is, can UC repeat what Xavier did to win the national title of the NIT? Well, if the if the Bearcats win tonight, they can't play at Fifth Third Arena anymore because of arena maintenance. So they would have to go to Hofstra. Where's that? Yes, I think it's New York. I think it's upstate New York or something, somewhere up there. A Hofstra. Hofstra. They have a good. Hempstead, New York. I've been there no times. Yep. Hempstead. So I don't know what to tell you. You know, they're pretty good at uh, other sports, but I didn't think basketball was their strong suit. Plus, I oh, they upset they upset top-seeded Rutgers last night. Hofstra did. Rutgers. Right. Big Ten. And how about Rick Pitino? Kate and Willie. The Lion and Lionesses. Kate and Willie. Segment, that's pretty good stuff there. Not bad. Not bad Rick at all. Patino go to St. John's and coach. Are they the know. Red Men anymore? Uh, no, the Red Storm. Can't say that. You can't, yeah, say, you can't men. say Red Men anymore. What no. is a woman, by the way? Democrats can't describe a woman. Not, well, not they, they never could. Supreme Double Court. Double X chromosome that has the ability to carry children. Oh, well, is that a what good the, definition? Listen to Rock. Pretty good. Oh, that's St. X bot. That's St. X uh, class coming there through. But Justice wow. Jackson. Or Notre Dame. Justice Kentonji <laughs> Jackson could not. Describe what a woman is, and so when when Biden said I'm going to only nominate a woman, a black woman, if he doesn't know what it is, how do you pick her? Because a woman, That's a good question, doesn't exist. A woman can't have testicles. Well, he also it's, tomorrow uh, the uh, NCAA tournament uh, begins in earnest and uh, kick off the road to Houston tomorrow. Mo live, Holy Grail, 10 a.m. to noon. Well, on ESPN 1530 with his big uh, preview show, he's going to have uh, Chris Mack down there. Going to have all kind of guests with Mo. Now, tomorrow. When, you, when you were at Notre Dame, how much li- ni- how much live how much nil money did you get? Zero nil. They, you got they, nil. Yeah, nil. They got is, nil. Right, as in none. I mean, they sold my jersey in the bookstore, and I didn't see one red cent from that. So. Anyway. Now see, but it's Joe Frederick got all that yeah. money for the Catholics versus convicts shirt. And you got nothing. Now, how does that work? His was all under the table as God intended it. What? Like the good old days. God intended it. Now it's out out in the open. (laughs) By the way, at 3.35, uh, we have uh, joined the show um, uh, Brian Fox. He is the founder and chairman of uh, Cincy Reigns. Is a collective group. Yes. uh, Recently made news talking with John Cunningham about how they want to raise a bunch of money. So I think it'll be good. A lot of people don't fully understand you know wh- how these pairs are players right. are paid yeah. where the money comes from yeah. all this well uh, he's going to join us at 335 and describe all of that and allegedly if you're a high school stud and you want to go to college football you put your number at 100,000 plus a car and don't even call me until you've agreed to right. pay yeah. 100 here's, here's my number here's where it starts and if you can't hit that then don't bother see you wouldn't want to be you how the- much the, uh, that that Mueller high school football running back 
Whoever that guy is. Jordan Marshall. That's him. He's yeah. down to Wisconsin. Tennessee. Michigan. Ohio State and Michigan. And so whoever gives the most bags. Go the Ray of, and the me. Bags of cash. And the green salad of salvation. And I don't blame him one bit. Because, it, could be, no. it could be scarlet yeah. and gray color money. Could be maize and blue. It could be orange. Or, and what was the, or red and white for Wisconsin. Isn't that something? I, I guess I just hope that that the, that is not the main driver of the decision. Hopefully, okay. Yeah, so now, if one school is you know hundreds of thousands of dollars more than the other one, okay, maybe. But it, yeah, you hope that it's oh, whoever's going to pay me the most. And you say, look, everybody's going to give me something, but I think over here is the best opportunity for me in my future. They got the best coaching staff that'll you know cultivate my talent. Blah 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 blah. My talent. And I'll make up more money on the back end here. You hope they think that way. But I don't know. Now, what about years ago when uh, Willie Cunningham was coming out of the park and uh, you led uh, the city in scoring? You were uh, you were dunking, you were scoring, you were nothing but string music on the basketball court. If uh, some, somebody came a calling, say, like, what would you have asked for in today's uh, deal? $100,000 in cash. <laughs> <laughs> And that's it? That's it. Cash in a duffel no, bag. No car, no house for mall, no, no, no nothing like that. Bags of cash. Bags of cash. Okay. The Rock would have would, gotten a six Rock figure. wall. The Rock would have been, uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, Willie, it, would, you have, would you have played for the St. Xavier Bombers <laughs> had they offered you a, a little NIF? There you go. How about that? Shunned Deer Park. You would have in two seconds. Seg, we're up against the clock. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you, Rock. Segment, get me out of the Stooge Report. Well, uh, don't forget, March 22nd, next week, is the Molar Stag. Get your tickets now. There's a few still left for uh, the Hall of Famer himself. Dick Vermeil. Dick Vermeil and others Plus, in the we house. we want to thank Brian Buskin, Brian Buskin of Bakery. Yes. For giving me the Alfred E. Newman Willie Cake. What, me worry? I like eight of them this week. Yeah. Uh, go to molar.org for more information under STAG March 22nd. What, me worry? We leave you with the more And thank you, Tom Gregory, for the food today. And also Montgomery Inn. Molar. And, and, and uh, Barrett Cohen, Mr. Molar himself. Yes, was here. We leave you with the immortal words of the Stooge Report. Well, throughout the rest of the day, sunshine keeps shining. I guess so. Uh, that's, hey, that's a, a good bright, weather report right there. There's a bright object in Sunshine the sky. Sunshine keeps shining. I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> that's from Channel 9. 9 stands Home for Home of the chin. The okay. snow keeps snowing. <laughs> Interesting. And the rain keeps raining. <laughs> and they keep telling me about global warming. 256, home of your Bengals. Who's News, left? <laughs> News Radio 700, WLW. College basketball fans know it's the best time.